Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I'm joined here by my co-hosts, Colin Hansel and Ben Schmidt. All right, let's jump right into it. We're going to talk a little college football first. Let's talk about the Friday Big Conference Championship games. First one, the one that holds dear and near to my heart, the MAC Championship game. Ball State beat Buffalo by 10. Ball State were plus 400 underdogs. This was huge. And I don't know if you guys watched it, but A, Jarrett Patterson did get hurt. Ball State did injure them. They did the one roll where they tackled him by the leg and they rolled over and his knee went snap, crackle, pop. But uh, Buffalo, weird playing call play calls towards the end of the game, and I think that's what ruined their great season. So I have a question. What quarter did he get injured? I want to say the third or early fourth. Because up to that point, um, this is the dude that – had 409 yards against and eight touchdowns and eight touchdowns yeah and he should have got the record yeah um he only had 47 yards on 18 carries yeah i know he did get hurt but they really shut him down now they yeah ball ball, credit to ball state they really shut him down ball state lost a tough game i know to week one to i want to say miami Miami, yeah miami of ohio was a really tough loss but then, I mean, they rattled off six straight and eventually beat Buffalo in the MAC championship. So credit to them. Great season by Ball State. Oh, and we should point out, uh, we didn't talk about Ball State's wild finish last week. Yes. It yes. was it was the band is on the field 2.0. Yes. I that was I remember I didn't I unfortunately I didn't see it live. I was at I work. But I saw it on Twitter and I remember Laughing my ass off in the store. Madness. It's a shame because at that point, I think you just you you got to count the touchdown. It was out of the <laughs> out of the ten twenty laterals there was. It was one single lateral, which is such a shame because just watching it. And then there was a pretty funny video. Um, John Boy did a breakdown of it, which was pretty funny as well. Just the entire madness that ensued with that play, and then one single lateral that was um, sadly a forward one is what screwed up the entire thing. It would have been. I just I wish so bad that it had counted after that entire play and the ban on the field ensued, but uh, good on Ball State. Sadly, we weren't able to watch Bowling Green in the MAC championship, but maybe next year. That madness does not occur in any other conference. Yeah, it comes from the one and only. Yeah. Um. Sorry. All right, let's go into the Pac-12 conference championship. Uh, Oregon beat USC. Slovis had a rough first quarter, and a, a, I mean, you got to tip your cap to Oregon making that interception at the end of the game. But I'm going to give Oregon an asterisk on this. Colin, let me hear your thoughts. They deserve an asterisk, but um, you know, this was a wild 2020 season, and if you're looking back on it five years from now, you say, hey, they were back-to-back Pac-12 champions. The Pac-12 is a mess. Uh, USC's a good team. Oregon's a very talented team. And I'm really happy that I got to see that matchup. Um, Slovis did not have his greatest game. He has a very bright future, only a sophomore. Um, He had a good, strong sophomore campaign. Uh, USC kind of had a little, I don't want to say miracle, but they had a pretty crazy run going there. Yeah, they they were 5-0 going into the game. And I think three of their wins, they came back in the second half down double digits, I want to say. Yeah. So they, I mean, very, very good season. And like you said, Slovis, uh, 
very young, very talented kid that I think next year is going to be in the Heisman talk, and I think he'll be a first-round pick. A lot of people won't like this, but Oregon's win does give them an automatic berth in the Fiesta Bowl. Four and two Oregon Ducks. Four, Four and two, and two Oregon, Ducks. Oregon Ducks. Hopefully, Yikes. soon to be five and two. Who do we even have any idea who they'd play? No, no. I have not looked into that. Okay, well, it, it I might just be at large. I I assume the worst conference champion would play. You know, an at large such as so what maybe, maybe a Cincinnati. Yeah. I, I just know I'd bet the house against Oregon. <laughs> Maybe um, in Indiana. I don't I don't know who qualifies for the Fiesta Bowl. We'll, we'll see over time. But let's get into Saturday's games, the big ones. Let's talk about the Big Ten Championship first. Ohio State Northwestern. Ohio State, as I'm looking right now, minus 18.5 over under 55.5. Well, first of all... Um... I think big to the Big Ten committee made the right decision allowing Ohio State to play in this game, despite the fact that they had um, three games forfeited. I believe two out of three were the opposing team. I think Maryland was one and Michigan the other. Um, and I think clearly just when you watch Ohio State play, Justin Fields had a phenomenal uh, junior season. This only being his second year as a starter, but it's his junior year. He's had a phenomenal season. And just overall, that team, I think when you just look at how they've played and how they beat their opponents – I think overall, like, the Big Ten wants ratings, and the best way for them to get ratings if this game is Ohio State-Northwestern rather than um, Indiana-Northwestern. Um, sadly, for the score, I think it's going to cause it to be a more lopsided one. I don't really see a way unless Ohio State just comes out completely flat where Northwestern wins this game just because I think Ohio State's passing attack is, is too good for Northwestern. I think this might be – this has a chance to be the worst conference championship game of the day. Um, but we'll see. Uh, good season for Northwestern. They very easily could have went into this game undefeated if not for a, a bad upset loss to Michigan State. So good on Northwestern and Patrick Gerald because after the horrible season they had last year, I don't think a lot of people had them even playing in this game in Indianapolis. The Big Ten this year was all over the place um, from the get-go. We didn't know when the season was starting. We were saying a spring season. Then we were saying a Thanksgiving start. Then we were saying a Halloween start. We had no idea. Um, and now another decision loomed large over Kevin Warren's head where do you allow Ohio State into the college football playoff despite them not playing the required amount of games? I think what it comes down to is if Ohio State makes the playoffs, which they very likely will, the whole conference, every school gets money. This money is distributed between all the schools. It's very beneficial to the whole conference. And I think all of America knows that Ohio State's the best Big Ten team and very likely one of the four best teams in the country. So personally, I don't mind their decision to allow Ohio State in the game. Um, if they didn't, who would, they would have allowed Indiana, yep. who they beat. So I don't have a problem with it. I think Ohio State's going to roll Northwestern. The spread's 18.5 right now. Um and I think I think they're deserving of a playoff spot. And what you were saying about all the schools getting the money if if Ohio State makes the playoffs is is honestly why I expected the vote to go the way it did. We saw I think I think like nine teams voted in favor of allowing Ohio State, including Michigan. Where if you think if anyone's going to yeah. vote against it, it would be their biggest rival, Michigan. But Michigan knows that this whether Ohio State makes it does not 
ma does not matter to them except the fact that they would have more money distributed to them because they know that Ohio State's likely going to win against Northwestern and get into the playoffs. So that's why once they did go to vote, it did not surprise me one bit that most of the schools voted yes. I don't know exactly who the few were that voted no. I would assume Indiana would be one of them, but uh, I think it's the right decision. Yeah. Um. So right now, in terms of betting, the over-under set at 55.5 right now. I'm not one to usually bet unders, but this is one I think I'm going to hammer because Northwestern does have a good defense. I don't think they'll necessarily stop uh, Ohio State too much. And Ohio State's defense is pretty good. Not great, but it's but it's okay. Um, but 55.5 seems like a lot. Northwestern mm -hmm. offense isn't that good. I can maybe only see Northwestern putting up 10, 13, I could, I maybe could, 17 points. I could see this being like a 31 to 14 kind of game. I was going to say the exact yeah. same thing. That's, I was literally just going to say this game screams 31 14. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, over, that's 10 points under. So, yeah, I think it'd be the, the only way that this game hits over is if it just turns into a shootout, which I don't think Northwestern's offense has that capability. Right. But, but we did see Indiana. Um, Put up a lot of points against that Ohio State defense, so we'll see. Yeah, I if it goes under, I'll be tempted to bet Northwestern spread if it's going to go under, but we'll see over time. I don't think I'm going to be crazy enough to go Northwestern mother, money line, even though I hate Ohio State. All right, Big 12 championship. Number six, Iowa State. Number 10, Oklahoma State. Colin, who's going to win? I got Oklahoma in a in a close one. You got Oklahoma. Um, I did see the ten point spread in Oklahoma's favor. I would have hammered that for Iowa State. Iowa State's a good team. I'll give them credit. It's now and minus six Oklahoma. I will say, I don't know that they're the sixth best team in the country, but Iowa State's having a very good season um, after their tough week one loss to uh, Louisiana Lafayette. They've bounced back in a strong way. And uh, you know they're I believe they're seven and two ish. Oklahoma it, seven two. Iowa State's eight and two. Eight and two. Okay. Um, Oklahoma also had a really rough start to the season. They blew a big lead against Kansas State. Um, they lost that game to Iowa State. I believe it was in Ames. Um, and it was a tight game. I like Oklahoma in this one. I like Lincoln Riley late in the season. Um, I think Spencer Rattler has gotten better over as the season has progressed, which is expected given that he's a freshman. Um, but you can't count Iowa State out. They have the best running back probably in all of college football. Um, and they have a good, not great quarterback in Brock Purdy. I'll give him the credit that he deserves. And they also have a do, they also do have a very good head coach in Matt Campbell. And this is probably the best season in Iowa State history. So, I mean, you got to give them their respect. Ben, any opinions on this game? I'll be completely honest. This was probably the least I have paid attention to the uh, Big 12 in years just because I didn't feel like there was one, like, overpowering team for me, for me to pay attention to. I mean, you guys might not remember this, but in week one, the Oklahoma game was like a pay-per-view game, so it's not like I could even watch that anyway. So, and for, um, usually we see Oklahoma these last couple of years. They went from Mayfield to Kiowa to Hertz, where they're kind of the top dog competing for a, a playoff spot, so it makes it more interesting. When they started kind of poor and, Rat and Spencer Rattler wasn't playing too well, I didn't really pay attention as much. But like Colin said, he's definitely picked it up, which was expected. Um, I have, I do know that Iowa State has had a uh, really nice season. I do like their coach. But honestly, I don't 
this is for sure the least I paid attention to the Big Twelve in years, and none of these none of these teams are I think a factor in the college football playoffs. It would, would take some madness. It would it would take some madness. Yes, for me, I'm in the same boat as Ben. Didn't pay a ton of attention to the Big Twelve this year, but I do love Iowa State. I don't know what jerseys they're going to be wearing. I'm going to assume it's the All Blacks because I love those jerseys. Those jerseys are amazing. If those are the All Black, I'm taking Iowa State money line. I would take Iowa State money line with the black alternates. Plus, but I would wait to place the bet until we find out the uniform. Plus number. 180 for the money line, and I'm also probably going to hit the over at 58 just because it's the Big 12. Um, and Big 12 overs are always fun to bet. Have All you right. guys noticed a trend over the past few years? How not only in football but in basketball, a lot of teams are going with the black alternate uniforms. Teams that have never worn black before. Yes. And most of them are really good too. Most of them are pretty good. But pretty- I think when you look at like the NBA City jerseys, I feel like we have too much black now. Every team has black. Yeah. When well, when say or I'm talking. Sw- Going to NFL when the 49ers first came out with theirs, like I think five or six years those ago, those were nice. Those were awesome, those and they don't nice. even they don't even wear those anymore. And then like back. more and more teams, like you said, there's been too many of like the all black alternates. Um, if we get, if we, if we could just go back to when those first came out, and it was kind of just more of an exclusive thing. Those were awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think black sexy. So I think <laughs> I think if they bring it back, if more teams wear them, I'm gonna keep betting them. But all right. We're going to go to the ACC championship game, probably the biggest game this weekend. Number three, Clemson. Number two, Notre Dame. A possible matchup we'll see for a third time in the college football playoffs. Right now, the lines are Clemson minus 10.5, over-under set at 60. What, what do we think, guys? What do we think? This is by far my favorite game of the day just because um... – I think Alabama will have a pretty wide win over Florida. But anyway, back to this game. This is by far my favorite. And it'll be really be fun to watch now that Trevor Lawrence is playing. He was there. I think he was even on the sideline, which is funny because he was out with COVID, yet he was still on the sideline. He was there. He saw Notre Dame rush the field after that throwing overtime win. And I'm sure now he wants to kind of get back at him and grab that victory, which we saw... We saw how close it was with Clemson's backup QB, whose name is... DJ Uyelongole. He's going to be the starter next year. Because he's good, too, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. And I think Trevor Lawrence puts them over the top. Yeah, not yet. That dude could be good next year as a full-time starter. But anyway, I think this game, um, for sure, is going to be a Clemson win. Just because it's really hard to beat, beat a team for a second time. Especially Notre Dame, like, so close. The way they pulled that one out against... Uh, with no Trevor Lawrence, I think Trevor Lawrence comes in and dominates tomorrow. And I just don't, I don't trust Notre Dame as much in big games. They've kind of fell apart. I mean, a couple of years ago in the college football playoffs, last time we were in this like huge game, they got blown out by Clemson, and now they're back here in a big conference championship game. And I think this ends in a blowout, in or not a blowout. I just think it's a Clemson win. Yeah, I I agree. I like Clemson in this one. Um, what I saw in the first game is. Uh, it was just a matchup of powerhouses. Both defenses struggled. It was a very good quarterback matchup. Ian Book's a very good quarterback. He's a redshirt senior. Um, he's been the best quarterback they've had in quite some time. And when you look at Clemson, and you got to give Notre Dame credit for their win, despite Trevor Lawrence being out because of how well the backup did play. 
Um, but I like Clemson this one. I think Vegas sees it too. They give Clemson a ten and a half uh, point favorites, and I, I, I don't know. There's not much I can say here. I just I can't see Notre Dame doing that again to them. Just putting up forty seven on them. This game is played in Charlotte, right? Does anyone know? Because like. The Pac-12 championship tonight, it, even though there was no fans, it was essentially a home game. This one for is USC. played in Charlotte. Okay, I, I knew it was played. I was pretty sure it was played at the Panthers. That's stadium, another so. thing: is the original game was played in South Bend mm-hmm. with fans in Notre Dame. Yep, they won't have that home field advantage. Yeah. All right. For me, I I'm gonna throw out some betting betting tips for this one. Um, Clemson minus ten and a half is a lot going to be a lot in this game the over under set at 60 i think i'm going to touch the over maybe not hammer but I'll, I'll give it a slight tap i'll give it a slight tap but both teams are not that good against the spread this year clemson is nine and one this year overall but four and six against the spread notre dame's 10 and 0 obviously they're five and five against the spread both teams not great against the spread so seeing this big of a line Makes me want to think uh, Notre Dame will cover, especially at ten and a half. And I think Notre Dame's gonna got to feel a little disrespected beating Clemson, although it was at home and with Clemson's backup quarterback, but still beating Clemson. And the next time they play, what a month later, five weeks later, Barely, something, yeah, something like that. They're ten and a half point underdogs. I think Notre Dame is going to cover. I'm gonna give Clemson a thirteen point win. I think I think Clemson I think Clemson covers, but um, I don't think it's I don't think it's a huge blowout. I don't know. I think the over hits, but I think Clemson I think Clemson covers the ten and a half. I would not have the balls to uh, pick Clemson to cover this. I think Notre Dame would be the smarter pick. Um, I saw a report earlier. This doesn't break headlines, but uh, their uh, head coach, help me out, Brian Kelly. He said earlier that if they do not allow fans in the college football playoff, or I'm sorry, family members, that they don't even know if they play. In this scenario, if they do not allow fans in the college football playoff, or I'm sorry, family members of the players, do you think uh, Coach Kelly would have the balls to pull out of a game like that? No way. I, th- I think it's all talk. I am going to say he's bluffing. I think he's bluffing. I think yeah. he's hinting like we better have family members, but there's no way he would pull out of a game no, with no, no family. Members. I, I, I think that's, I think it's a little bullshit. All right, the before we get to the SEC game, I want to talk about. Hold the, on, real quick. I just want to say I'm going Clemson 41-28 win. That's my that's my final score prediction. Okay. I'll come back. I know we're doing NBA on Monday. I'll come back to that. To either apologize or congratulate myself. I do we, like Clemson breaking forty. I yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to put up some first overall pick numbers. But I want to talk about the American Athletic Conference. Conference, excuse me. I think this one will sneakily be the best game we see on Saturday between number twenty three Tulsa and number nine undefeated Cincinnati. Right now. Cincinnati, 14-point favorites, over-under set at 45. I want to go ahead and just say I am hammering the over. Hammer the over. I am. That's like you you couldn't get more of a lock this week for me than this game. But I'm going to say it. 
I think Tulsa wins. Wow. I think Tulsa wins. That's very bold. Cincinnati, what, canceled two games? Or I don't know if they got can- they, they haven't canceled. played in a while. They haven't played in a long time. And I think they canceled two games against Tulsa. They and did. Tulsa, Tulsa was ranked earlier, and then they got unranked, and I think they're ranked again. They are. I think Tulsa's wanting to play Cincinnati. They've wanted to play them. They've been ready for three weeks to play them. I think Tulsa's going to come out with their hair on fire, and I think they're going to win as a plus 450. Mm. I think I'm running to the bank on Saturday and cashing this game because I think Tulsa upsets Cincinnati. Tulsa is a very good football team. Their only loss is to Oklahoma State. I think it was week one, or at least their first game. Um, You said the over-under was 45? Yes. I think Cincy has covered that themselves in about half of their games. I would hammer hammer the over. That's a high-powered offense. Their last game, I don't know if you remember because it was so long ago. It was about a month ago. They played UCF, only pulled it out by three points. It was a very good game. Um, Since he's vulnerable, they haven't played in a long time. Um, and I think 14.5 is way too much to give Cincy in this game, despite how good of a team they are. The last game uh, Cincinnati played was November 21st. So that's about a month Almost ago. a full month, yeah. yeah. Tomorrow's Almost. the 19th, so. Yeah. They haven't played in a month, and Tulsa, I mean, Tulsa, they were supposed to play. They were supposed to play, got canceled, play again, got canceled. Now they're playing in the championship I I'm I think I'm I I'm crazy enough to take Tulsa. Now I know this wouldn't happen, but I would just love to see a Cincinnati Coastal Carolina matchup. Oh, in a in a bowl game, I don't care. I would just love to see it. They both deserve. If they both go undefeated, uh, I think they both deserve that matchup. Unless you know, since he wants to go play a Power Five, I'm sure they Georgia. Do. I would just I would love to see that. I've loved following both of those teams throughout the whole season. I would just say if Cincinnati wins tomorrow and finishes an undefeated season, I think we could see kind of the argument like we had a couple years ago with UCF where UCF did like the fake national championship banner where they'll argue (laughs) again for like, we got to expand the college football playoffs, which I know, DP, you're a fan of. You've always wanted it to go to eight. Oh, yes. Where I think like Cincinnati and Cincinnati fans would argue hard for the fact like, hey, they just won their conference, went undefeated, and – they probably won't even end up as one of the first two out, which yeah. potentially we we could see. But I think, I think if since Cincinnati caps off this undefeated season, it could maybe further that argument to expand it to six or eight. Not that I think it'll happen like in the next year, but um, we've seen it a couple times now where these teams in weaker conferences go undefeated, win their conference, and even uh, UCF beat a decent Auburn team in their bowl game a couple years ago. So I think. If if this does happen, we might see the argument ramp back up again to maybe take. I've been I've always wanted six. You've wanted eight, but um, I think it should at least be expanded by a couple teams. You know, you're right, Ben. Um, Cincinnati in the latest uh, college football rankings were ranked uh, ninth. Yep. In the top twenty-five, um, some see that to be a little disrespectful. I don't mind it too much, considering they haven't played a game in a month. Maybe that's mm-hmm. not their fault, but. It's really hard to put that above some of these other SEC teams, you know. Um, but you think eight? You guys think eight teams is the good number? I like I like I six. So. I like two getting a buy. I was I was I've been thinking six. I don't think the buy necessarily means anything. 
All right, before we talk about the college football playoffs, I want to talk about the SEC championship first. Alabama, Florida. Alabama starts off at 17-point favorites. Over, under, oh boy, 74 and a half. 74 and a half. That is a shit ton. A shit ton of points. But I'm going to start off by saying this. Florida is going to cover, but they're not going to win. That would not surprise me. I mean, I think Alabama could get close to that over-under if Mac Jones just passed to Devonta Smith every play because we know Devonta Smith has 15 touchdowns and just can run behind everyone. So I think I, I think it's going to hit the over. As absurd as that number sounds, we know the passing attempt that just Alabama alone has. And that's not even talking about a really good season that Kyle Trask has had. I like what you're saying about Florida covering. Um, we've seen Alabama blow out almost every team they faced. Um, they did have a close game with uh, Ole Miss, right? That was the shootout? Yeah. Yeah, that game was close. But outside of that, every game for Bama has been a blowout. So it would not surprise me to see Florida, even after the loss to a bad LSU team last week, to come in and at least keep it close, maybe not win. I It would take a really well-played game out of Florida to win, but uh, I think they could cover. Alabama has not had a game within 29 points since October 17th when they beat Georgia uh, 41-24. I don't think this game is going to be too close. It's going to be one of those games. um, We see this all the time with Alabama. It's on CBS, and it's like, it'll be like 27-24 Bama um, at halftime. Start of the third quarter. Start of the third quarter. Everyone's like, oh, tune into this game. Florida has a shot. Alabama scores two quick touchdowns, and it's not close the rest of the way. So what did you say the spread was on this one? 17. 17. I think that's a really good number, actually. Um, That's a really tough one. Um, Florida, with a terrible loss to LSU last week. LSU has really not had a great season. Um, And you can't do that when you have a college football playoff berth, you know, in your control. Um... But, yeah, this is the matchup of the two Heisman, probably the two top Heisman candidates, right? We have Kyle Trask, we have Mac Jones. Right now it's probably leaning towards Mac Jones, considering Alabama is likely to be the one seed in the college football playoff with a win tomorrow. Um, But, yeah, I think that's a very intriguing game. Possibly two first-round quarterbacks in next year's draft. So I don't see any reason to not tune into this game. And one last thing is Ben brought up Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith might be the best player in all of college football. Maybe the most dominant player. In I think football. if Waddle stayed healthy, he would have been. He could have been. Very well could have been. But Is he coming back for the playoffs? Is Waddle? That's a good question. I have not heard anything I think, about I th- it. I heard something like a couple weeks ago that he was that he was eyeing coming back. Not 100% sure, but I'm going to give my thoughts on this game. Um... Here's the thing. Kyle Trask, I think, right now, is my pick for the Heisman. I think the only reason you wouldn't go with Max Jones is that Max Jones is surrounded by a lot of talent. And yeah. don't get me wrong, Trask is, but Alabama's talent compared to Florida's talent, it's Bama's that much better. Yeah. Um, but I think this is one of those things where I don't necessarily think it'll be close. I can easily see... Kyle Trask get a throw a backdoor cover touchdown with less than two minutes left to cover the spread. So that's why I think I'm going to take Florida against for the spread. But I'm going to talk about this game 
in uh, the college football preview because I think there's going to be some chaos. I want there to be. I root for chaos. Another player to keep an eye on this game is tight end Kyle Pitts for Florida. Yes. This is a potential, another one, first-round prospect. This guy is a monster. You'll see him a lot on Sundays. Keep an eye on Kyle Pitts. Definitely worth watching for. You talked about chaos a second ago. Is there any way at all you would potentially think of putting a two-offs SEC champion Florida in as the, as the four seed? Like any, a lot of stuff would have to go wrong, including okay. an Ohio State loss. This, this, and all right. I think I think this is where we're gonna jump into the playoff preview. I when it comes to the when it comes to college football playoffs, I root for chaos. I always do. I love rooting for chaos, which means it's going to have to be Florida beats Bama, Notre Dame beats Clemson, so Clemson has two losses. Ohio State loses, and, you know, depending on... Because I know A&M plays Tennessee. Yeah. I think A&M will easily beat Tennessee. But the maybe, o- if, maybe if that's a close game. Right. The only way Florida gets in is if they beat Bama and probably if Clemson loses or Ohio State Ohio loses State. or... If A and M either is close or loses to Tennessee, but how I'm how chaos is going to happen is if there's two SEC teams and two ACC teams in the college football playoffs because that's when the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, and probably the Pac Twelve are all going to be like, "Yo, what the hell? Where's our money?" And I think the chaos is going to happen. Probably a year or two from now, if that was to happen, you're going to see an 18, or like you were saying, possibly a 16 playoff. I want an 18 playoff because how fun would it be to have A&M, Florida, and right now this weekend would be so much bigger for teams like Iowa State, Cincinnati. and Oklahoma. That that game would basically be playing for a spot in the college football playoffs. You'd have Cincinnati playing Tulsa. Cincinnati, if they win, that's a potential spot in the college football playoffs. It leads so many more teams into the football playoffs, obviously. But it'd be so much better for ratings. More team, more conferences would get money. Obviously, if that was to happen, you'd have like a Bama-Cincinnati first-round matchup. Yeah. And that would be an ass-whooping. But, I mean, I want an eight-team college football playoff so freaking badly. Now, that, that's another point. That's something that I have thought about for actually a couple of years now, is if you did have this 18 playoff where you would probably have to almost include the best non-Power 5 school in this scenario, you would almost feel that... Would, do you think it would be all at large, or do you think it would be you have to include a bid from a team like, you know, just not Power 5? You would have you got to. got a Boise State, a Cincinnati. You would have to because those power non-Power 5 schools would essentially, I wouldn't say just give them up on football, but if you can't have one team out of all those conference be a top eight football program, like UCF a couple years ago when they went undefeated in what, like two straight years? Yeah. Like they would have obviously made it an 18 playoff, but if the committee would have left them out, then I think Central Florida would have rioted. Yeah. Which is the last thing Florida needs. Now, now you're right because this is a very tough situation when you look at it from two different perspectives one being 
when you have an undefeated non-power five school like a UCF, a Cincinnati, you almost feel that it's like, okay, they did everything that they possibly could to get into the playoffs. So it's you're saying if they do go 12-0, and they win their conference championship, it's almost saying there's no possible way for them to get in. And the thing with that is there's no possible way where even more things went right for them than ever before. We didn't have yeah. a dominant Pac-12 team. We didn't have a dominant Big 12 team. And we have a potential Ohio State team who didn't even play a full season. And, and yet I mean, there's still really no only one good – yeah, like you were saying, one good Big 10 team. Yeah, and like like – there's still no possible way for like a Cincinnati or if there was um, UCF a couple years ago. Like that's what is what is is the big news that even with everything still almost going completely right, it's still they're they're ranked ninth. They're yeah, five and, spots away. And chaos still can occur Saturday in a situation where Clemson loses, um, maybe Ohio State or A and M loses, and then I still don't envision Cincinnati getting into the college football playoff. It's almost like they had no possible chance to make it this year. But that brings you to the other side of it, where like if you had this 18 playoff and you had a 7-8 seed, I don't know, an Iowa State and the Cincinnati, they would likely get their ass whooped by Alabama or Clemson, right? Yeah. So it's like you almost got to think, okay, we're giving them a chance, we're including them, but we know it's almost guaranteed that they're going to get beat pretty bad. So it's like, do you really want that? Or would you rather have them, a team like Cincinnati or Iowa State, compete against a team at their level in a big bowl game like the Sugar Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl where they have a chance to win against another Power 5 team, you know, and have a good win for their program, compared to getting destroyed by an Alabama? I think the only, the only, I agree with you on that. I agree with you that I think it would be more like a team like Cincinnati it would make more sense to play in a big bowl game. But eventually, if you open it to eight teams and non-Power 5 teams get in, eventually you're going to have a UMBC-Virginia upset, shock the world, and everyone's going to lose their mind. And, you know, I think that's also what makes – that will make the college football playoff more excitable because even if it's like once every 20 years you see a non-Power 5 school – upset like an SEC school if that's which is a big if it it, the nation will lose its mind and I think yeah that's what you need in college football playoffs is you see it every year in March Madness and that's why it's like the biggest thing no yeah it's yeah it's a very good debate and I'm sure changes are likely to be made I would guess within the next decade or so um to a 16 or 18 playoff and as a fan you know I think that's a very fun idea um, as exciting as the 14 playoff was. But it just seems like, although we're having these debates, um, we've had it ever since the college football playoff started. We saw it in the first year with, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a controversy with the Big 12 being left out. There was Baylor and there was TCU kind of knocked each other around. Both got left out. Big 12 wasn't happy about it. And we also saw the UCF controversy. So if this continues to occur I think we will definitely see change. Going back to that for the one that you just brought up with uh, TCU, um, that was just what totally embodies the whole college football playoff format and just the whole discussion. It's just the fact that TCU goes out, wins their conference, they're celebrating, and in all our minds, we're like, okay, that's a lock for TCU. They got the four seed. And then Ohio State, who has one loss and is on their third-string quarterback after Braxton Miller and JT Bear go down, 
they blow out Wisconsin by 50-some points, and they get in over a TCU team and then go on and win the national championship with this great run from Cardell Jones and Ezekiel Elliott, which is, I think, why it makes the discussion so fun for these outside teams. As much as it sucks to where I think there's been times where they put the wrong team in, I as much as I want the the 18 playoff to become a thing, the one thing I will miss is just the fact that there won't be as big of a, like, huge controversy coming down to, like, who's going to be the fourth versus the first two out. Yeah. And, and, and that's just what makes it so tough is we kind of all thought in our heads that Ohio State was better than that TCU team. Like, I think we all kind of thought that at the time. We're like, okay, TCU might be more deserving, but we all think Ohio State's the better team. And that's where it comes down to it's so tough, and I'm so glad I don't have to make a decision in that scenario because it's like, do you give it to the team that's most deserving or the team that you think is best? And obviously there's always going to be bias in that with the big schools like Ohio State. So that's why I think it's so tough and it's, to it, make that decision. It's crazy because even as an Ohio State fan, I don't think I would have had the balls to give Ohio State the victory just because right. I was like, TCU has done pretty much everything in like in their control to win their their conference championship. And it's not their fault that Ohio State went and blew out a bad Wisconsin team to win their conference. So I don't think I would have even had the guts to give the last spot to Ohio State, but um, I'm glad the college football committee did because that was an awesome college football playoff and uh, the first of many good ones. Yeah, and I mean, this eight-team potential playoff could give each conference championship much more meaning if, depending on how you um, set it up. Like, you could set it up as where the uh, conference champion automatically gets a bid. So you could have a team like a Northwestern have a chance at the playoffs based on this game, if that's how you choose to set it up, and then the rest just be at large. Um, so there's a lot you could do with it. You could really have fun with it. And I think if they do eventually expand it, it'll be really fun for uh, fans. All right, let's get into what you think the Final Four are going to be. I think just the easiest way to go about it. Um, we'll give us your one, two, three, and four. I'll go one Bama. I'm going to say two Clemson because I, I said – and I do believe that Clemson won tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go three Notre Dame and four Ohio State, although I do I do think if Ohio State and Notre Dame would to play head-to-head, I think Ohio State would have a pretty good chance to win that game. So they might even be the better team than Notre Dame. But I just think because of the way the season's played out, Notre Dame is going to get the three and Ohio State get the four. I think the only way Northwestern doesn't get it, even if they – I mean – I said Northwestern. I think the only way Notre Dame doesn't get in is if they get absolutely blown out tomorrow. I think even with a loss, they'll still make it in. So I'm going to go them at my three and Ohio State at my four. And then re- real, real chaos would have to ensue in my eyes to beat any other way than those four. Yeah. In my opinion, I'm based on my picks, I have Alabama beating Florida, so I have Alabama getting that one seed. I have Clemson beating Notre Dame. I have Clemson getting that number two seed. I have Ohio State getting the three seed, and then my four seed either comes down to a combination of either it's either going to be Notre Dame, A and M, or I I don't see any scenario in which a Big Twelve team can get in. So it would come down to Notre Dame and A and M, and I think Notre Dame would definitely have the advantage over A and M. Now, in a scenario where Florida beats Auburn, I know we kind of touched on this earlier. In my eyes, if A&M gets a decent win over Tennessee, 
I think A and M still would rank above Florida, in yeah. my opinion, based oh, yeah. on their win the, over them earlier in the season. I think what I said earlier was the only chance Florida gets over A and M is if Florida beats Bama and A and M doesn't either loses or doesn't blow out Tennessee. Like if Tennessee can keep it within a score or something. But I think I'm also going to agree with you on your playoff format. I love Bama one. Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, Notre Dame 4. I don't think – I think whatever they do, whatever happens in the Clemson-Notre Dame game, they the, football, the, the college football committee will not let Clemson-Notre Dame play a third time in, I guess, yeah. the first round of the playoffs. I didn't even think about that, so that makes sense. I was thinking more just the fact that they wouldn't put a 6-0 and team at the three seed and they'd put a Notre Dame which, team at three, but I like your point. Which I think can also cause chaos because if Notre Dame beats Clemson, and let's say they beat them by 17, if they beat them by 17, is that enough to get Notre Dame to a one beating a number one Clemson and a number three Clemson? That's a very good question. And if so... Does that move Clemson to four and you have the one four, or does that kick Clemson out? I don't think they'll kick Clemson out. Mm, even with the loss, you don't think A and M would jump them in that scenario? I think, I think it depends how they lose. If A&M. Notre Dame blows out Clemson, A and M will get in. But yeah, here's okay. here's the problem you face with A and M. But I think Clemson's about, gonna win. Oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> um, with if A and M were to get in, they'd be the four seed. Yeah. And we're assuming Alabama gets the one seed. You talked about repeating matchups. Do we? Are, do you think they'd want to see another Alabama A and M matchup in the first round? Do you think they'd be willing to do that? I think they'd rather have Bama A and M for a second time than Clemson Notre Dame for a third time. I don't know though, because what if it's another awesome game again tomorrow? You don't think they'd want that on national TV for a third time? We'll we'll see. If we'll it's see. an if it's an awesome game, I mean. There'd definitely be potential to see that again in the national championship if they were to advance there. All right, let's quickly go through our NFL picks. Um, Saturday, Bills, Broncos, Bills at Broncos, Bills minus five and a half. Ben, who you like? I'm going to take Bills here. I think the Bills are really on a roll right now. They, um, they really know what works for them. Defense has picked it up. Big win over Steelers last week at home, although it was a – a trending downward Steelers, still a big win over the Steelers at home last week. They've realized how um, just get Stefan Diggs the ball. We yeah. saw that last week. He had an insane amount of catches, and it works for them. That's been a great trade for them, a really a win-win for both teams in that trade. But anyway, for the Bills, I think they win this game. Um, it feels like, at least to me, that we see Denver play a Saturday game like every single year. But besides the Somehow. point, I think, I think um, Buffalo goes into Denver, gets a win, it's a shame we're not seeing a healthy Denver because that could have made this matchup better if Denver has, like, Von Miller, Corden, Sun. But anyway, Josh Allen's going to – I think that ends up, like, 31-17, 31-21. Not a blowout, but I think I think uh, Buffalo wins. I do like the Bills to cover. I personally think they're the second-best team in the AFC. Um, they have uh, – they played great the past few weeks. Huge win over the Steelers. I think that's the only thing to look at in this game is – Following a huge win like that, can the Bills continue their success? Because we see this with a lot of teams that aren't used to this success. They get a big win, and it's tough for them um, the next week against a lesser opponent. So I can see a scenario in which they play down to the Denver Broncos. I'm also going to take the Bills. Um, I think the over-under is 49, so I'm also going to hit that. I think Josh Allen 
if if everything goes right, I think he's going to have another game where he throws 50 passes, probably 400 yards, and three or four touchdowns. Hopefully no turnovers. Real quick to your point, Colin, I like what you said about playing down after a big win like that. The only thing is, I think if this is last year's Buffalo Bills team, they play down. I just think that this team has kind of taken it to the next level. Yeah. They've kind of experienced uh, uh, the playoff loss that they did last year. And I think they'll have their uh, – they'll be much more locked in this time around. They know how important it is to uh, potentially even grab, move up to the number two seed over Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh were to lose again. I mean, it's not a bye this year, but still higher seed's always better. So I think Buffalo will be locked in, and I don't think we'll see a letdown. All right. Panthers at Packers, Green Bay minus eight, Colin. Panthers, Packers, I got to go Packers um, to cover. That's tough. Are we, are we expecting a Christian McCaffrey? Do we know? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's crazy. Mike Davis has really taken a step back I think from he how actually well might he's be playing. Back. I think he's back. McCaffrey's back. Okay. Although they haven't he's not won on a, the injury report. They haven't won a game with McCaffrey all year, have they? No. No. That's that's interesting. Um, although they have played tougher teams with McCaffrey healthy. Um, I could definitely see the Panthers covering this game. It's 51 and a half. This could be a cold game in Green Bay. I'm going to take the under. I hate taking the under. I'm going to go under in this game. Despite two good offenses. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't see any way the Panthers pull out a win here, though. I think this is a Green Bay win. Green Bay has a ton to play for because um, right now they're at the only buy in the NFC. And plus, they got to be looking at it like, hey, there's a chance the Saints lose to the dominant Chiefs. And we can really lock in this first round, this first round bye. So they've got a ton to play for. I do think um, the Panthers definitely have a chance because we have seen some teams just run all over the Packers, and and with potentially Christian McCaffrey, Carolina could do that. Especially you get the the short game with like the screens and the drags with Teddy Bridgewater going. I think there's a chance, but I just think that uh, Green Bay is. They really want to get farther this year than that blowout championship loss last year. So they really want to lock in that number one seed. And I think they'll come out motivated. This will be a classic cold weather Green Bay game where they're just kind of able to just kind of pound their way to a victory. I would, I could totally see like a two touchdown game at Aaron Jones here this week and uh, a Packers win. You know, Ben does make a good point where these teams that can run the ball and that are physical up front do cause problems for the Packers. And they will see that this week with, possibly Christian McCaffrey and next week with Derrick Henry so that's another interesting thing to look at um, how they can respond to those power rushing teams um, as they approach the playoffs uh, I think this is going to be a blowout I really do I think this is where I think Aaron Rodgers uh, this might be Aaron Rodgers coming out game for the MVP I don't think he's going to win the MVP I think it's still Mahomes's, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers' signature game against in the season, home against kind of a bad team. Um, the Panthers' defense has been struggling the last couple of weeks. I think the Packers are just going to manhandle. I think the Packers are going to put up forty plus. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday's slate: Bears Vikings. Ben, why don't you get started on this? This is huge because the loser is pretty much done in the NFC playoff picture. I mean, honestly. Two six and seven teams really should not be fighting for a playoff spot anyway, but we know how weak the back half of the NFC is. So I think I think Vikings at home have a good shot if they can get the run game going. 
And I even know uh, Khalil Mack is actually questionable in this game, which for Minnesota's side, who have been manhandled by Mack ever since he came out of Chicago, that would be huge. The And also along with that, if Mack and Akeem Hicks are healthy, that really plays into Chicago's strengths because we saw when they played earlier in the season, Dalvin Cook was bottled up and then Akeem Hicks went out in, I believe, the middle of the third quarter. And Dalvin ended up, I think, in that last quarter and a half having like 60-ish rushing yards and it eventually got to 100 for the game because Akeem Hicks went out. So with either, if Kulamak were to not play, um, I don't know how severe his potential injury is, that would play huge for Minnesota. Either way, I think Minnesota finds a way to grind this out. They have had troubles against Mitchell Trubisky. That does worry me. But I think um, Kirk Cousins has been playing really well recently. I know last week against Tampa Bay wasn't great, but I think overall, since, uh, since the Minnesota bye, Kirk Cousins has been playing well. Jefferson has developed into a stud. So I think Minnesota has a pretty good shot here. The only way I could see is if uh, if Chicago is able to manhandle the Vikings O-line and Mitch is able to kind of run around by time. And that's where I could see them beating the Vikings. But I think the Vikings keep their playoff hopes alive and get a win here at home. No, yeah, I agree with Ben here. Um, this game has a lot more meaning than it probably should. Um, playoff spot potentially on the line. Um and Khalil Mack, you're right, being out would be huge for the Vikings. Mitch Trubisky has played very well since his return the past few weeks, and he's kind of given that Bears offense a new spark that they have not had for quite some time. Uh, they played very well against the Lions offensively. We know how they blew it at the end. And last week they had maybe their best, most dominant game of the season. Mitch kind of shut up the haters. Um... Obviously, Deshaun Watson is the better quarterback, but, you know, he won that matchup against the quarterback that everyone's saying the Bears should have picked. So the Bears are back in this thing um, somehow, some way. I think this is a one of my favorite games of the weekend based on the playoff implications that it holds. And we know that the Bears always play the Vikings tough. So I think this is definitely a game to watch. I do like the Vikings in this one in a close one. Yeah, I think it'll be close. The big thing for me to think about is imagine if the Bears don't just collapse and fall right on their face into that Detroit game. Chicago would be the seventh seed right now. And Chicago has a Minnesota team that they've been able to beat the last couple years, especially with Mitch Trubisky in their center. And then they play Jacksonville next week. So Chicago has to be thinking right now, man, if we just could have closed that game out against Detroit, we'd have a real good shot at this playoffs run because both them and the Vikings hold the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. So this is huge for Chicago. Um, I think for Matt Nagy to save his – honestly, I think Matt Nagy should be fired anyway, but uh, he needs to win this game to have any chance at all of coming back. But I think it will be a close one. I think the Bears are going to win. I, I think the Bears are going to win uh, easily. Easily. Okay. That's, that's okay. my pick. I think – I like the Bears to make the playoffs – because wow. I think I think you agree whoever wins this game I think is going to get that spot. I don't like Arizona. Sneakily, either the Giants or the football team is coming close to sneaking into that actual final playoff spot. I think since Washington is leading the division, I think the Giants are two games out of that second spot. So the, yeah. Gi- so the Giants are kind of sneaking back in, but I think the winner of this game gets that seven spot, and I think Chicago does. Well, potentially, too, for Chicago. They play Green Bay in Week 17, where Green Bay, if they win this week and New Orleans loses, could potentially have a number one seed locked up by then. 
Although I don't think Green Bay wants to let Chicago into the playoffs. But either way, if Green Bay is the number one seed locked up in Week 17, maybe they rest their starters for the second half, something like that. So yeah. there's there's a real path for for the Bears. I think I think probably better shot for the Bears than for the Vikings because the Vikings still have to go to New Orleans. Yeah. All right, Colin, Tampa Bay minus six at the Falcons. Minus six at Falcons. Uh, we saw the Falcons play the Chargers last week. It was the game of the, I don't want to say misfits, but the two <laughs> teams that just game find, of the year tried to throw ways. it away. Just say game of the year. Game of the year. Find tons of ways to lose. Um, we just saw the Chargers find almost a new way to lose. Um, I like Tampa in this one. I think you got you. You look at it. You got Tom Brady. You got Gronkowski, you got Arians. You've got guys who have been here before in a game against a lesser opponent, in a game that really, um, if they win this, you know, are I don't know if they clinch the playoffs. It'll it'll solidify it. It would it would pretty much solidify them in a playoff spot. So I I do like Tom Brady and company closing this one out um, at a, on the road. Nice little twelve o'clock game. I think Tampa wins this one easy. Yeah, Ben. I think Tampa wins. Uh, no Julio Jones for Atlanta. That was announced today. And Tampa plays Atlanta two out of their last three. So a pretty easy path for them into the playoffs. I honestly don't view Tampa as a Super Bowl contender right now unless they take off because they have not looked good. Even last week against Minnesota, they did not look great. So I honestly, unless Tampa really picks it up, I don't view them as a Super Bowl contender. I wish they would just choose to run the ball because Ronald Jones is not a bad running back but they just don't commit to him. Um, but, yeah, I think Tampa Bay wins this week. I think I agree with you guys. I think Tampa blows out the Falcons. But I think this is what everyone's been saying all year, and I think people are starting to forget now. Everyone was saying the winner of the NFC is going to be the hottest team. And with Tampa playing the Falcons two out of the last three weeks, I think this is where Tampa starts to get the engines going. If they get that five seed, they'll play at the football team. I would pretty much like Tom Brady in that game. And then it's the divisional round, and then it's the championship game, and then I think this is where you're going to see Tampa start to fire up the engines. All right, next game, Cowboys, 49ers, kind of who cares, but San Fran, minus three. All I'm saying is Shanahan's better than McCarthy, so I love the 49ers. I mean... There's not a whole lot to, to like about this game outside of unless you're watching for your fantasy football playoffs. I mean, I know San Fran is still in it. A lot would have to go right for them, including a couple of Vikings, Cardinals, and Bears losses for them to sneak in. It's just, I don't know, I don't enjoy a quarterback matchup between Nick Mullins and Andy Dalton. So I'll, I'll watch when it comes on red zone. But I think, I think San Fran wins this game because they have a much better coaching staff than Dallas does. But it's not nowhere near one of the better games of the weekend. Yeah, this game is garbage. I think Dallas could be eliminated from playoff contention this week, correct? I think I'm yeah, correct on that. Probably. It's wild um, they're still in it, but whatever. I saw this game's on CBS. Do we know what the Nickelodeon game is? Is that this week? No, that's the, yeah, that's that's the playoff first game. round playoff. Oh, is yeah, it? the wild card game. Oh, okay. We're, um, I think yeah, everyone's I was, just assuming that's the NFC Beast game. Yeah, there was confusion on that. Um, or, okay. or the winner of the AFC South. Because that game is usually on ESPN, and I think it's going to be whatever game is on ESPN is also going to be on Nickelodeon. Well, I heard it was going to be the no, one that Nance. Yeah, Nance oh. is it, okay. like it's going to be double televised. Okay, I didn't. I thought it was whichever. Was, I knew it was going to be double televised, but I thought it was going to be the ESPN one. If it's CBS, it might be an AFC team. It, it might be the AFC. We're going to get Josh Allen on Nickelodeon. That would be 
agree. How much fun would it be to watch Stefan Diggs running around the field with slime coming off? Can we get a Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Nickelodeon game? That would be fun to watch. I want to get Cody Parkey on the Nickelodeon game. Oh, boy. With the SpongeBob goalposts. All right. All right. Next game, Eagles-Cardinals. Cardinals six and a half. Kind of a who cares game. Kind of not. But at the same time, Eagles plus 235 money line. I'm going to take that. This game is quite intriguing to me. We saw the Eagles with their big upset win. It might be too little, too late for their season. There's still three games remaining. Anything can happen, especially in the NFC East. This is a must-win for Philly. This is also maybe a must-win for Arizona. Both teams are fighting for their playoff lives. If Arizona loses this, um, I believe they fall back outside the playoff. Yep. Back into the hunt. Um, based on the winner of the Vikings-Bears game. Yep. So this game is intriguing to me. It's a, it's an afternoon game. I'll definitely be keeping my eye on this and seeing if Jalen Hurts can uh, continue, build on what happened last week. I am a huge Philly fan this weekend, which is tough for me to say because Philly has bottom two fan bases in the NFL. But anyway, big <laughs> Philly fan this week. Um, I hope Jalen, Jalen Hurts plays another good game. I think Arizona will force him more to beat them through the air this game rather than the over 100 yards he had on the ground against New Orleans, which is kind of crazy considering we talked about how good New Orleans defense has been in one of our earlier episodes. But I think if if the Philly is going to win, they'll have to use Hurts more through the air this week. Uh, it's tough. Is, is the game in Arizona? Do you know? The game in is in Arizona. Okay. Arizona. It'll be tough. Um, Fields kind of scraped up. Didn't look good in that 49ers football team it did, it did not at all I think Arizona will pull out a win I think Kyler will play really well um but nevertheless I am on the Philly bandwagon for this week and this week only all right game of the week Chiefs at the Saints I going into this game I loved the Chiefs I loved it but I did some research and shot out part of my take Patrick Mahomes is 0-3 against the spread in domes in his career. That is very interesting. Chiefs, minus three. It is it is somewhat of a low spread. I don't love Drew Brees. No Michael I don't Thomas. love the Saints. But I still think I'm going to take the Chiefs. I don't love uh, Drew Brees with 11 broken ribs, um, almost 40 years old. With no Michael Thomas. We we saw the Saints offense have its issues early in the season with no Michael Thomas. Um, he's kind of the glue that holds that together. I mean, without him, you're looking at Emmanuel Sanders and Alvin Kamara as your leading pass catchers. It's going to be tough for them to keep up with this Chiefs offense. Um, that's a very interesting stat. Um, Mahomes not covering in domes. It's a three-point spread, I believe. Yeah. Um, I got the Chiefs in this one. We're- they had... Mahomes played a not very good game last week. I think he had three interceptions. Yeah. His worst game of the season. I don't know if he's ever thrown three interceptions in his career. But, yeah, game of the week, I'm I'm very excited for it. I'm expecting we get Jim Nance and Romo on this because it's on CBS. I don't know, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> um, really looking forward to it. I think in order for the Saints to get a victory here, we're going to have to see a early season Alvin Kamara type game where he has like a hundred yard receiving off of just screen passes alone and a couple touchdowns. I can't Taysom Hill screwed my fantasy season. Kamara was doing so well. Taysom came in and he never got the ball. So we'll we'll see if they get back to the offense. If they do, um 
New Orleans at home definitely is in it, but uh, I don't know. It's tough for me because Kansas City just looks so much like they're cruising. So it would not surprise me at all for them to kind of just lose maybe like 35 to 31 in New Orleans. Um, this is really tough. I'm going to take, take Kansas City reluctantly. Yeah. Now, now I will say this. I, it's very interesting to me because since the start of November, this Saints defense has been very, very good. And we saw last week Mahomes face a type of defense that he hasn't played this year, a Miami team that really got some pressure on him um, that made him uncomfortable at times, and that's resulted in three interceptions. So this Saints defense, I think, could cause problems for him. Either that or this is just going to be a game where Mahomes, coming off a bad game, comes out and just five touchdowns and no picks. It's going to be one or the other. All right, next game, Lions at Titans. Titans minus 10. Uh, I, Titans, everyone. Titans, yeah. Titans, yep. Titans. All right. Texans at Colts. Colts minus 7.5. I think this is another game where it's just like, I mean, Deshaun Watson off of a loss. Colts off of a good win. You can maybe see Texans there's just playing There's good, just no receivers. I for... just... I think that I think the Colts are good. Yeah. I think they're a good football team. Did these teams not play two weeks ago? Yeah, they yep. played two weeks ago. That's ridiculous. That was when two points were forward in the second half. Yeah, nope. yeah. This could be actually a very close game considering how that game played out. I Houston think probably should have won that game. I think it'll be close, but I can see Colts by ten. I got Colts. Colts. Patriots at at Dolphins. Dolphins minus three. A lot of weird games between the Patriots and Dolphins in Miami, especially, but. I think it's a different Pats team. I'm actually going to take the Patriots. I want to take the Patriots so bad. I'll let you go. I was going to say, this Pats team is pretty much eliminated from playoff contention now. Um, Last year kind of crushed them, or last week kind of crushed them at Los Angeles Rams. This is a very interesting game because the Dolphins are kind of hanging on for dear life on their playoff spot right now with the Ravens win over the Browns. And it's Brian Flores versus Bill Belichick. So, I, Belichick knows Flores. Um, Flores kind of knows Belichick. This is a very interesting game. Miami should win this game on paper, but Belichick will not make it easy on them. This will be a good game. Maybe the best game all Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think this, will be, this is the noon game. I think it will be the best noon game, hands down. Um, Seahawks at the football team. Seahawks minus 6.5. I know... I predicted Washington to win the division a while back. I then had predict them to win a playoff game. I think Seattle beats the shit out of them. I do too. This would Washington would have to play insane defense, and we'd have to see like a like a one touchdown, a hundred yard passing out of Haskins where he just doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. And basically what Cole McCoy did uh, two weeks ago. But I think Seattle goes in and gets a win keep their chances at a division victory alive. Uh, do Seattle and L.A. play each other again? They do, don't they? Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah. so yeah, Seattle's got a lot riding on this one. I think they go in and get the victory. Antonio Gibson's not playing, right? Still with that turf toe? Yeah. I'm going to go Seattle win. Yeah, after their loss to the Giants, Seattle beat the absolute ever-living hell out of the Jets last week. I think their offense stays hot. I think they get this win fairly easy. I could see a 10-point win over Washington. But Washington's, a, as we've seen, is a good football team. Very good defense. They've won four straight. So, I mean, on paper, this looks like a very good game. But I, I agree with you, Donovan and Ben. I got Seattle 
winning this fairly easily. By the way, real quick, you brought up the Seattle Jets game last week. Shout out to NFL Network. I believe it was either David Carr or James Jones. I want to say David Carr. Um, one of them talked to themselves into picking a Jets win last week at Seattle. Oh, God. So, uh, shout out to NFL Network for that one. <laughs> it would not surprise me at all if it was David Carr. The Raiders he's had some really made takes. the Jets look good, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah really did. Jags at Ravens. Ravens minus 13. Ravens are hitting. They're Ravens. getting hot at the right time. Ravens. Yeah. Ravens by 25. Yeah. Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. They're getting hot at the right time, and I would love a big fantasy day at Lamar. Jets at the Rams. Rams minus 17. Rams by a million. Rams by a million. Cam Akers will have another 100-yard rushing game. Now, here's my, here's my prediction. Best Sunday night football game of the year. Browns at the Giants. I would agree with you on that one, although I heard Al Michaels will not be announcing this one due to, uh, I don't, they haven't said it's COVID, but he's feeling a little ill. I like like Tariko. I do like Tariko. Is Tariko announcing, um, oh no, he's not doing the Notre Dame game because it's on primetime ABC, I believe. No Notre Dame game for Tariko. He's just doing Sunday Night Football this week. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. This could be. One of the best Sunday night games of the year. Ah, uh, I don't see the Browns playing a better game, a, cl- a more exciting game than they did last week against Baltimore. But I got Cleveland in this one. Um, I don't have many thoughts on this game, but I have to ask you guys. Did Lamar poop his pants? Nope. You think it was cramps? I, th- I think he pooped his pants. I think it was cramps. I think, I think he was on the verge of shitting his pants. I think he pooped his pants. He ran back out on the field. How do you have cramps for 15 minutes and then just run it off? It's it's possible, but did you see the way he was running? I the saw the video. I I think he pooped his pants. That's the poopy pants. But run. I think the big I think the big thing in this Browns Giants game that people are forgetting, Browns versus Freddie Kitchens. Oh, I know Kitchens Bake, the plays. Baker would love to throw like four touchdowns and no picks. I think. I think. There are still some Browns haters out there, even though I think the Browns, even with the loss to the Ravens, kind of showed everyone that, hey, we're legit, even against the Titans. Oh, yeah. I think this is going to be the third game in a row where Baker goes, all right, I'm the number one pick. This is me. And he's going to fucking lead this team to win, I think. The Browns are the better team, hands down. Daniel Jones is questionable, I believe. We don't know the status on him. Yeah. I think they they play better with Cowboy Colt McCoy. I love Colt McCoy. Because <laughs> with Daniel Jones, you're guaranteed a turnover, at least a fumble. You're yeah. guaranteed a fumble a week. Especially um, with <laughs> Miles Garrett, the potential defensive and player of the year. Here's another thing. No Bradbury for yeah, he's the been Giants. Huge. That is a huge loss for them. Um, you could put him on Jarvis Landry, whoever. He's been a lockdown corner all year. Freddie Kitchens calling the plays. It just, no. It does not add up to a Giants win. Although, Freddie Kitchens beating the Browns this week would be hilarious. That would be the most Browns thing to happen. Hilarious. I'm almost rooting for that to happen. (laughs) All right. I think this wraps up this episode of the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening. And catch us in the next episode.